2: The numbers told the story,
1: they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN.
3: Good Friday morning, dude. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, the DK Network. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar, Canada at the D, downtown Las Vegas. Football, 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 Kelly. Yeah, let's go. L. A on everybody. Producer number nine, so much more than a producer. Uh, let me just start with a uh, grievance. Uh, I gave the uh, the the, uh, the Christmas gifts to everybody, and I'm find out that they're not betting futures; they're just betting with it. Random events. This is already. We're talk- talking about one.
4: I, I, I'm sorry. I gave the
3: I gave the okay. Breaking of the rules already. It's already a violation. Oh, you try to do something good. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, on the show today, Matt Brown will talk uh, football with us. We usually, uh, I usually start the show, Kelly, by rhapsodizing about something uh, in the first segment, by waxing poetically. Some would say, uh, not today. Doctor Bob is on father duty this morning, so he's going to join us from the outset. Uh, the great Doctor Bob Stoll, who's kind enough to uh, do. A little five minutes with us, or 10 minutes with us, before he takes the kids to where he needs to take them. We'll do that. Jason Weingarten from Under Cloud of Smoke, Chris Felica will join us to talk NFL Wild Card Weekend, the host of the Bear Bets Pod, both football versions, college and pro. Uh, and we'll talk Australian Open, what he's betting in the Australian Open as well. This is the greatest, t- I'm telling you, man, Wild Card Weekend and the beginning of the Australian Open. It's awesome. And after this show, Drew Densick and I will do a... Uh, a deep dive, if you will, see what I did, into the Australian Open, where um, we'll just go player by player. We'll talk about the draw, uh, post-draw um, sort of podcast on this, who that helps, who that hinders, where his bets lie. We'll get into that a little later on with uh, Drew on the Megapod, but we'll do it with uh, Chris Falika here as well. I added a bet uh kelly i did take a flyer on ega not to drop a set even with her bad draw not to drop a set 18 to 1 oh okay so we shall like see it. we shall see no quarters in town by the way <laughs> so brutal man <laughs> come and, uh, on wait, wait, okay is that but is that a uh is that one you struggle to find always
4: or for or in no, past
3: the, tournaments they've no, been up they, like had, they had they had gotten that last year finally with the new caesars app and then as of last night i didn't see anything but even last year, that was the only only app in town that had it. Pretty much. Only as I down. can recall. Yeah, pretty much. It is brutal. MGM has it outside of Nevada, but not in Nevada, kind of. Thing. Anyway, um, so before we get to Bob here, one note, of course, in case you missed it this morning one of the seven NFL head coaching vacancies has been filled. We mentioned Gerard Mayo earlier in the week as a likely uh, possibility to replace Bill Belichick. Here's what we did not know it was written in his contract. Those things are not on file with the league office, or at least not made public, I should say. They're yeah, filed right. with the league yeah. office, but not made public. So, Gerard Mayo was going to be the Patriots' successor to Bill Belichick. We were speculating. We didn't know that it was going to be factual. He is. Uh, played with the Patriots from 2008 to 2015. Was named team captain in his second year. Um, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. And now becomes, Kelly, the youngest coach in the National Football League at the age of 37, one month younger than Sean McVay, who, for the first That's time incredible. in his Rams coaching life, gets to say he is no longer the youngest coach <laughs> in the NFL. Feels like McVay's been there forever now, too. <laughs> wow. Was it, I think he was 32 when he got hired. Don't hold me to that. But I believe he was 32. So, both of these guys are 37, but Mayo, a month younger. So, uh, Gerard Mayo, the new head coach of the New England Patriots, which leaves... Seven vacancies still to be filled, and, of course, Jim Harbaugh still out there. Dr. Bob joins us now, ladies and gentlemen, the great Bob Stoll at Dr. Bob Sports on Twitter, drbobsports.com, pioneer, in using predictive algorithms to give us the outcomes of sporting events. He joins us now. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing all right, uh, uh, bright and early. What are, what are the fatherly duties that you have to perform this morning
1: before, before we well, let you go? yeah, i have to I have to run my kid to school. My wife had a uh, previous engagement this morning, so oh. I am uh, hustling the kids out to school this morning. All
3: right, submitting ballots to Father of the Year candidacy. Father of the Year award right <laughs> now. Well done. Okay. Wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. You have a bet that you like above all. What do you like?
1: Well, sort of surprising. Uh, it's going to be super cold in Kansas City on Saturday night. Zero temperatures, around zero, fourteen, fifteen mile an hour winds, somewhere in there, with some gusts. And because of that, the total has been beaten down. The wind is a factor. I mean, fourteen, fifteen mile an hour winds is certainly a factor, and that's in my in the model but people get overexcited about who it's going to be super cold and temperatures near zero. There's never been a study that shows temperature has anything to do with scoring. It's just wind precipitation and surface type aside from the players and everything else, but outside forces, um, temperature does not have anything to do. In fact, there's studies that show that really hot games are more lower scoring than really, you know, cold games. So, um, I think the line is lower than it should be because of that, and there are tons of other factors. And how long do you have? Because here's a list. We got time. <laughs> First of all, Jalen Waddle is going to be back for the Dolphins. That makes a big difference. The last two weeks, when Waddle was out, uh, Tua Tagovailoa averaged just 5.8 yards per pass play, uh, compared to 7.5 yards per pass play in the 14 games he's had Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the field. That makes a difference. He should also have time to to throw. They've they've had some injuries on the offensive line. Uh, Pro Bowl left tackle, Taryn Armstead's been out for six games. Starting right guard, Robert Hunt has missed six games, including the last four games. That's a big difference. Hunt, having Hunt is huge. I mean, having Armstead obviously is great um, since he doesn't give up a lot of pressures on the outside. But Hunt is huge because the Chiefs have Chris Jones, who led the league uh, interior linemen in pressure rate, well, Hunt's only conceded five pressures in 314 pass blocking snaps. His backup, who played, for, you know, has played basically half the season, has given up 20 pressures, four times as many, in about the same amount of pass blocking snaps. So having Hunt back to help contain Chris Jones certainly helps. Um, Kansas City does have a little bit of an outside rush with Carl uh, Atlas, uh, who ranks 17th in pressures on the outside. But he's up against right tackle Austin Jackson, who's third in the league in pass blocking efficiency. So I don't think Kansas City's is going to get the pass rush, uh, and two, two will have more time than he's had in recent weeks with two of his offensive linemen out. But I think that's going to certainly uplift the Miami pass attack, which has been a little, in the, you know, a little bit down recently compared to earlier in the season. Um, and I think that the, the, the pass attack in general is going to work well despite the wind. <clears throat> and they can also run the ball; they're fifth in the league in rush success rate. Kansas City's defense is 28th in the league in expected points added per per run on defense. So, if they are not having great success throwing it, they can still run the ball. So, I think there's going to be offense for Miami. Um, and on the other side of the ball, Dolphins stopped the run really well. The top in the league, tops in the league in, in the advanced metrics <clears throat> against the run. <clears throat> but I don't think the Chiefs are going to force the run against a really good run defense. That means Patrick Mahomes is going to be throwing the ball, which is great. He should have some time to find his receivers. Um, Kansas City's off interior offensive line uh, are, are responsible for only 34% of the pressures against Mahomes this year, which is second fewest in the league. Um, and they'll be up against a couple pretty good interior defenders in Zyler and Kristen Wilkins, who are 16th and 17th in pass rushing efficiency. But Kansas City's offensive line is better than those two guys. So I don't think they're going to get a lot on the inside, which is a problem because the Dolphins don't have any edge rushers. Phillips, Chubb, then Ginkle and Good that Good they're all out. The four edge rushers are out for the Dolphins that, that combined for eighty-seven percent of their edge defender pressures this year. And those four guys combined are worth about two points to the total. Um so I think both quarterbacks will have time to throw. And then you get you know, Travis Kelsey should have a have a good game. He's got a good matchup here. Uh, the Dolphins are, you know, giving up a fifty-seven percent success rate to tight ends, which is twenty-sixth in the league. So Kelsey has been slumping a little bit lately. I, you know that's a lot of that has to do with matchups. I think he'll have no problems against Miami. Um, and Xavier Howard's out for the Dolphins, their best cornerback. Um, he's worth a, he's worth a couple points. He gives up 2.0 yards per target less than his backup Eli Apple. Um, so that's huge. So I think there's a lot of things that really favor the over the total. Um, the total is lower than should be because of the cold, and I don't think the cold has anything to do with it. You know, There should be lower scoring because of the wind. But they're adding a little bit more to it because it's also going to be cold, which I don't think matters. So I see a lot of value on the over. I predict 48 points in the game, and it's 43.5 right now.
3: And that is why we have you on, Bob, because we haven't had a deep dive into the offensive line play on either side. We haven't mentioned Robert Hunter, Austin Jackson on the Dolphin side specifically. That is why we have you on for that kind of insight. And so for the the other, you know, the big narrative of this game, right, if you listen to most is, oh, well, they're they're from Miami. What They're from Miami. It's going to be so cold for them. I was trying to make the point yesterday that when it gets to a certain temperature, it's cold for everybody. How much do you buy in at all to that kind of narrative?
1: Uh, a little bit. I mean, there has been some studies done that cold, you know, warm weather teams or dome teams don't travel as well in cold weather, especially in the playoffs. There's been something to that. Um, not enough for me to really factor it in on the side. Um well, uh, you said, it's cold for both teams and it's the playoffs. So yeah. I think, uh, I think Miami's offense will be fine.
3: All right. 45 seconds. Uh, is there anything else side or total that you like as much as that or, or enough to mention anyway?
1: No, there's really not. There's all, there's going to be some player props that I'm going to dig into um, that, you know, and those have done really well over the, over the years in the playoffs. I'll dig into some player props, but, but nothing else really stands out. Okay. This week. There's a lot of, games that are really kind
3: of, yeah like, eh, you know. All right. that's that's what we need to hear. Over on the Dolphins and the Chiefs right now, that total consensus at 43. Bob, go take care of the kids. We appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. The great Dr. Bob. Dr Bob Sports on Twitter, drbobsports.com. Bob Stoll, if you're scoring at home. S-T-O-L-L. Great dude, too. So that's his play. Over 43. Dolphins, Chiefs, where again, uh, temperature's supposed to be super-duper cold. Single digits at most. Not quite as windy as it will be in Buffalo, where winds now a little bit tampered down. Mm. No one's mentioning 50 uh, miles per hour anymore, but up to about 30 miles per hour in terms of the gusts and beyond in Buffalo, which we'll get into. That total keeps ticking down, though. That is, it's 35. There's 34 and a half I'm looking at right in front of me. So yeah, Buffalo, that total keeps going down. All right. Matt Brown joins us, the host of uh, All Angles podcast, and of course, the handle. Here at Visa on weekends, we'll talk to him game by game, all six, super wild card weekend, nothing but football and tennis on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: If you dare.
1: A numbers game on VSEN, the sports
3: betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSEN daily newsletter. In today's newsletter, nothing but football, 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 Super Wildcard Weekend, and some Australian Open talk from Zach Cohen. Get expert analysis and the latest odds delivered straight to your inbox, absolutely free. Visit vsen slash newsletter to subscribe. Skill Alexander live from Barca the Barrage. Here at the D, uh, we get tweets of beating the book. By the way. Uh, f- Phil, and there was another person out there. Phil at uh, it's uh, PMT 703, and then there was another gentleman who uh, Durban P 24. Getting into the whole is Belichick the goat conversation, and they're taking the approach that he's absolutely the number one goat. And I say, and I again, I want us to hold the two two thoughts in our heads at the same time. He is definitely on the Mount Rushmore. He's definitely there's four four on the Mount Rushmore. I cannot call him the goat. And you know where I go with this. And we're going back and forth about the great Joe Jackson Gibbs. You guys, everything they throw at me, I'm batting back, and everything they try to throw again. So it's just, they keep changing the argument. But it is, I will go to the mat with anybody about this conversation. We just won't do it on air. Unless you want to, and then I'm happy to. <laughs> Phil Weiss. Uh, so only Dr. Bob, Jason, and Crack get the title Great. Do they pay for that moniker? If not, why wouldn't Drew, Paul, and Pete get the title as well? I think I call everybody great on this show, don't I? At different times. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't caught a pattern on that. Uh, yeah, I no, either. Yeah. Kevin Ryan, am I the only one that cashed on you using the word rhapsodizing in the first five minutes of your opening monologue? Yes, you yes, are. Yes, I think so. I think you are. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Matt Brown joins us now from The Handle on the weekend, 7 p.m., which he does with Mike Somage here at the network. And, of course, the All Angles Football Podcast, which, again, as he mentioned, turns into the No Angles Podcast after football and, season.
4: And, and, and maybe not 7 o'clock on The hand, Handle. Yesterday, that's oh. gonna get so whatever I, I can't tell you exactly what time it is. That's right. But that's gonna change him next, on next, the handle. T B D Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's changing. So that's, that's changing. So Okay. Yeah, we found that actually. That's yesterday. a tease. That's a tease. <laughs> yes. It's changing. You know what you know the goat conversation though it's not like the Nick Saban one. Saban's the GOAT. Saban's the GOAT. Saban's the GOAT. He did it at LSU, and then he went and did it at Alabama, yeah. and, like, and, and did it over this ridiculously long stretch of time. Saban. Saban's the GOAT. Like, that one, you can clearly say, and you don't really have a... There's not a strong pushback, right? Like, people can kind of start to, like, going, yeah, but, I mean, different but, era. But I'm sure if we talked about
3: it long enough, somebody who's of a certain age would say, yeah. nah, Paul Bryant yeah. is still the best. <laughs> yes. Right? So, yes. even that. But, yes, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, Nick Saban is much more clear-cut. Much yeah. more clear-cut. And again, with, with Belgium, the last thing I'll say, yeah. when, you, when, you ha- when you sink to the bottom of the league after Brady leaves, eventually... That has to mean something. Like you can't get annoyed at the goat automatically if that happens. You just can't. Well, in my opinion,
4: had, I don't, don't, don't want to get off of it. <laughs> but also, he had control of the personnel, which made the team sink in. Yes. To, like, like that was another thing. And I, I guess we're talking strictly yeah. coaching or you whatever. Know. But like you know, he was yeah. he was the one who ran the team. He's he, still on Mount Rushmore. Yes, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. I'm not
3: I'm not knocking him down below that.
4: Yes. All right. He's there.
3: Let's do chronologically, shall we? All do this right. one game through six chronologically. Yeah. Let's let's rock and roll. Let's start with the Browns and the. Texans tomorrow afternoon, 4:30 p.m. Eastern, 1:30 Pacific, or as we like to call it, the traditional Houston Texans time slot. Every playoff game they've ever played in the early Saturday slot. They are two and a half point dogs at home against the Cleveland Brownies. What you
4: got here? I slipped a one and a half in on the opener um, when this thing came out. I also played an over 43 and a half in the account as well. I if you if you go back, like I know that there's a couple of different Matchups where teams met previously in the season. So if you go back, these teams did play on Christmas Eve. It was a 36-22 Browns win over in Houston. However, I don't really pull a ton from that from the Houston side of things because that was a Davis Mills game, not a C.J. Stroud game. And so from an offensive perspective, you can't really pull a ton from it. I think the one thing that is of note, though, That is that game where where Flacco went nuts, 368 passing yards. Amari Cooper went nuts and had the 265 franchise record record receiving yards, all of that. And that does show, which is what we've seen all season long from this Texans team, mostly difficult to run on, fairly easy to pass on. And then here comes Flacco into town and is able to hook up with Amari Cooper for 265 of his 368 yards in that game. Then we get this weird thing happened last week where these these defensive linemen for the Texans have been beat up and trying to play hurt, and then the Colts come in and the Colts go for over 200 yards on the ground, which is just the craziest thing because the Texans have been literally – one of the top three teams against the run all season long in every single statistical category that there is, and you go, well, what if, what if, what if the Browns are gonna? No, the Browns are not going to do that. The Browns have abandoned the run. They understand they can't run. They're going to. Flacco's going to throw the ball forty plus times in this game, and I think he's going to do it with a pretty good degree of success. They were the resting players team, you know, last week. So. The Amari Cooper heel thing should be good to go. He had missed the previous week as it was anyway, so he's had multiple weeks to get that heel good to go. Elijah Moore on the concussion thing, he's good to go. And Joku battling any of his little nicks and and bumps and bruises and things like that should be good to go as well for this team. And so since Flacco took over, they are leading the league by a long shot and pass rate over expected, as you would think when a guy is throwing it 40-plus times every single game. I think they go in and really do have a ton of success throwing against the secondary, which everybody has had a ton of success throwing against the secondary all season long. And in return, as good as the defense has been for the Browns, I think Stroud and the Texans are going to be able to move the ball. Like, I think that this has been a, a team that has shown that they've been able to show up against just about anybody that they played against all season long. And so I don't think it's crazy that this thing gets over the 43 and a half. I know we've bumped it to a point now where it's on the other side of that key-ish number of 44. I, I get it. You know, I mean, 43-44, we get those games. We're land about 7% of the time on those two games. And so those are kind of key-ish numbers when we're talking totals. But I, I – I expect points in this thing. We're we'll talk about weather games. I know y'all got y'all talk about it all day long today. But this is obviously in a dome. It's a fast track. It's a it's we have nothing to worry about with that whatsoever. Uh, from a prop standpoint, if anyone's looking to play props in this thing, uh, in a... in. Week 18, must-win game, obviously, for the Texans. Devin Singletary got every single one of the running back touches for this this team. So, like, it is basically his backfield now at this point. So, if you're out there and you're kind of constructing a just-for-fun same-game parlay thing or something or whatever, just kind of keep that in mind that it seems like they have turned to Singletary and he's their dude, like, moving forward no matter what. But at the end of the day, defense, if there's four units that we're measuring in this game, what is the best unit of the four? It is the Browns' defense, without a doubt, easily. Now we go head-to-head on the two offenses. If you want to make an argument to me that they're even, okay. I think the Browns are a little bit better. But it's it's that's negligible. Right. I'm, I'm okay with even. So we're still going with, okay. if the offenses are even, we still have the best defense that we're going into this game with. And it's under a field goal. And so for me, even at this number two, two and a half, anything under a field goal for me on the Browns is something I think is pretty playable. And I think the Browns are like the weird team. That could go on that that weird giants kind of heater, you know, and and make some noise in the AFC. I don't think the AFC is like a lock for the Ravens by any stretch.
3: So a couple of things. So just to clarify, you're both on the Browns and on the over. Yep. Um. Yeah. And you and you. You are about the over without ever mentioning this, the thing that a lot of people have been saying this week, which is the Cle- the Browns defense doesn't travel as well. You didn't make mm. that note as well. I don't know. I guess that's not part of your, your thinking.
4: No. And, and the other thing about the over, which in this, we'll see how this all breaks from an injury standpoint for the Browns. But if you look, I mean, Denzel Ward popped up on the injury report. He was full practice, full practice, and then downgraded to limited. And that's obviously never good. Midweek downgrades into to limited. If Denzel Ward's not out there for the Browns. That obviously could could lend towards an over as well i mean this is we're talking about one of the handful of dudes that are still one of the elite corners in the league to actually make a difference when when they're out there and so that's something to monitor as well but we won't know until 90 minutes before kickoff with with all of that i mean if, if i think there is a case to be made for the under playing my own devil's advocate here which comes along the lines of okay the browns defense is good this is a it's still a rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback and uh Tank Dell, who was a main part of that offense that is no longer going to be, isn't going to be out there, isn't going to be that kind of go-to guy. And then Flacco, at the end of the day, as good as he's been, he still has turned the ball over a ton and well, things so this, like that.
3: This was my question. So as you were saying, the, the, the Browns, you think, have that Giants, New York Giants thing mm-hmm. in them where they could go on a playoff run. What is more likely in, in your head that that, that that will happen or the likelihood of a Joe Flacco having a game where you're like, oh, yeah. I remember that's really his level. And as you said, he's th- he has turned the ball over a lot already. And I would even argue some of his most beautiful touchdown highlights were th- the threading of a needle that was so close. Where I'm like, whoo that that might yeah. have been fortunate.
4: The, the other thing to Gil in, in this is that I, I think that there is a, a scenario that also plays out where defensive coordinators are smart. These teams are smart they've had time to kind of prepare and and stuff like remember flacco got caught off the couch a month and a half ago like so there wasn't oh let's prepare for the flacco led browns you know right where they go in and say you know what this team just doesn't ever run the ball so if they're just going to pass and they're just going to pass all over let's invite them to run the ball which they don't do well and they don't do efficiently and so let's just sit here and play in these kind of like weird shell defense and i think that there is a a chance that they run into that somewhere along the way as well and then flacco just can't handle the fact where it's like oh they know i'm throwing every single time they are trying to prevent me from throwing every single time and with that we're having to get out of our rhythm here get out of the offense that we've been fairly successful with so far that said i don't think it's the texans that are able to do that to them i think it's probably whatever there happens to them
3: down the line sounds like if i'm reading between the lines you think the browns run a good run into the postseason is more likely than a flacco Bomb, if you, or just an explosion, if you will, in a bad sense. Uh, okay, we'll get to the two weather games next. Those are the next two uh, chronologically, and I sense a pattern from Matt about both of them. We'll get into that on the other side. Super wild card weekend with Matt Brown on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. numbers game on v the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. Oh, more is good, too. Mm-hmm. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks, guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Oh, oh. minimum purchase may apply. 50% off and $30 off? Man, that's a steal right there. Which, Stealing stakes. Which mathematical thing do you do first? That would uh, that would also alter things. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't be deep diving into that, but yeah, you're right. That <laughs> would matter. <laughs> it's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Matt Brown joins us once again from a, uh, a floating handle, which we don't know exactly yes. when it's on floating handle. It
4: will be on at some point on Saturday and Sunday. That's right. So, you just got to listen all day long. All you just gotta, yeah, you just got to tune in all day. All angles. which a pro is tip right on. there. Listen, <laughs> listen all day
3: long. There it is. That's the tip. <laughs> That's just listen all day long until you hit the handle, and then <laughs> stay listening once you hear it. Uh, okay, so the next two games, talking about mm-hmm. Saturday night now, is the Dolphins at the Chiefs. We're just talking to Dr. Bob about how cold it's going to be there. We had Kevin Roth on from Roto Grinders, your buddy also, uh, yesterday. It's going to be freezing. Bob likes the over here. And then Sunday morning's first game is the wind game between the Bills and the Steelers, where the Bills are 10-point favorites. I have noticed, sir, mm-hmm. that you have steered clear of both. Is that correct? I have. Um, is that
4: because of you? You just don't want to deal with it? So, I originally put on Sunday night a Dolphins plus three and a half in my account with the caveat that I said on, is like, I this is injury. This is... Injury report dependent And depending on how This all breaks I might I might might buy off of this Well Shortly after that I mean like three hours After the lines open towards the end of our show whenever they say, oh, by the way, we're going to be down three defensive starters already, like they knew that those guys were already done So, And then you go in and now we get this injury report that came through not great again for the Dolphins, in which we're looking at at Zayvon Howard being out for them, and then you also have pretty key guys that are questionable in there. You know, Javon Holland is questionable. Raheem Mostert is questionable. uh, Jalen Waddle is questionable. It was just too much for me to to try and handicap as to what this offense is going to look like at all. Against the Chiefs team, that let's be fair has not looked good it's, <laughs> all season long. It's, it's and four the, and a half still seems like a big number, but Yeah, that, that was my whole
3: handicap yeah. on Monday, because I did take the Dolphins plus yeah. three and a half, and I get it. I got the worst of it, because it's four and a half now. But that that's my thing. It's sort of like and I feel like, and I know I'm not, but I feel like I was telling Kelly this way, where it's like, I feel like I'm the only human being on the Dolphins in this. Um, but it just that's the inconvenient detail right yeah. there, right? Which is, have y'all watched the Kansas City Chiefs play
4: this year? Like, what what is their... Then then you go and you, like, break up the season. And so, listen, season-long stats can be misleading, certainly heading into the playoffs, right? Like, do we want to know, what did they really play, like, the second half of the season, then what did they play, like, kind of those four or five weeks leading into the playoffs? Right. And I, the reason I say four or five weeks is because, like, some teams didn't play anybody in Week 18, so you kind of have to flop that off of there. And, and you look at the Chiefs, and as amazing as that defense was the first half of the season in which we were sitting there talking historically good and blah 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 blah, they're like middle of the pack over the second half and that's not bad they're not bad but it's not this like oh it's the number one defense in the nfl oh it's it's they're setting all these records they're literally like 15th 16th 17th in several different categories over the second half of the season so it is not this lockdown crazy good defense that we saw either and so now you couple the fact with that the offense has looked clunky all season long and Now this weather thing comes into play. I I will say this. If this weather – I I will say even though it's not in my account right now. If if this injury report goes at least halfway decent for me, I will take the four and a half on the Dolphins for sure because I don't think a run-out victory given the conditions, given everything that's gone on. I know we think high-flying offense because of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Tua throwing it all over the place and those are the highlights and stuff, but this is actually a super highly, highly efficient rush offense as well for the Dolphins. And so if this comes down to a a point where the – wind and – I mean, the weather is so incredibly terrible, they cannot move the ball through the air. It's not like it's this massive disadvantage for the Dolphins. I think we think like, oh, because Tyreek Hill and Tua and Waddle, that all they can do is pass the ball. But that's not the case. This is one of – this is a top five rushing efficiency offense over the course of the NFL season. So, I'm – I am I am more on your side than I am on the other side with all of this. And if you're – if you are one of those guys that goes and looks at game logs, just remember the – that game they played was it, that was in germany it was a really weird game it was like yeah. where the Chiefs scored all 21 in the first half one of them was a defensive score then the dolphins only scored 14 all of that came in the third quarter. i would not take anything from from that game that was just like one of the weirdest games we i watched all all season long so i think you just fresh handicap this one which is in my personal opinion a very average chiefs offense a defense that has regressed not bad i'm not saying they're bad but they were one or two in every single category now they're more 15 16 and all the categories over the second half of the season and you're getting four and a half points with a team that i think can run the ball pretty good on them
3: that's saturday night on peacock unless you're in kansas city miami i'm told if you have youtube tv you also get it by the way uh forgive me for, okay. for the uh, uh, the tweeter who uh i didn't identify and that also that. just applies to the u.s i know that much so, if you're in Canada or wherever else that you get regular NFL oh. coverage, it's
4: on your normal NFL channel. How convenient. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. I don't know if they even have the peacock in, in, <laughs> in other countries, you know? Like, it's, it's, we don't know that. You, you, the, you your know? The services aren't worldwide?
3: I would think right. so. Always funnier when you throw the in front of it. <laughs> All right. So, Sunday morning, uh, the Bills and the Steelers. Steelers, 10-point dogs. I took the points here. But this is the game where, you know, depending on what Doppler you're reading here, yes. and Anywhere between 25 mile per hour winds to 40 mile per hour gusts is kind of akin to that Bills Patriots game we remember yeah. from a few years back.
4: Yeah, I, for me, it, so I don't, I don't, I don't have anything in this one. I guess. You would always lean towards taking 10 points in a game with the 35 total. I think the only thing that scares me off is just we look last week and we see like that game between the Jets and the Patriots, and it was a 17 3 game. And it's like you're you know, they, they they would have covered the 10 points, you know, in this in a game that was ugly and sloppy and disgusting, which was the only thing kind of in the back of my mind that, that kept me off of taking the points with the Steelers. If you do want to kind of look at just overarching stuff heading into this game, one of the weird things about the the bill since Brady took over as the offensive coordinator is he's just made this a much, much more run heavy and run focused team. And James Cook averaging nearly 17 carries per game. He's getting about three and a half targets per game. All of those are very close. It's just extension of the run game type targets. So you're really looking at a guy who's getting about 20 attempts per game. Josh Allen over the last two weeks in these must win scenarios, he has 27 carries over the last two weeks as well. So I know it's a low total. But if we believe that the weather is going to be a factor, if we believe that this could really affect like one foregoing any sort of field goal attempts in that mid 40ish range, and now you go for it, and that doesn't equal always that isn't always going to equal points or or whatever, or it at least extends these drives much 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 longer. I think even at 35, I mean, like, it's probably an underplay for me when it's all said and done. I don't have a ton of conviction that either one of these teams is going to light up the scoreboard given the conditions and things that are going on. I think the Bills just want to run the ball. I think that that is something they just have decided that they want to be. That's their identity at this point. And you know, you could easily see a scenario in which this is just the, you know, the bills could be like, I mean, it's 10 points. So, I mean, could it be a scenario where it's 20 to 10 and, yep. y- you know, and the bills just run the clock out? They just have a four minute drive in which it just kills the the rest of the game and stays under the 10 comes into play. Maybe, maybe not. So I would uh, I would lean under in that one, even though it's not in the account quite yet. How much more rich is this weekend, though, with the two weather games? It's yeah. so awesome.
3: It's yes. what makes football so great this time of year. Uh, let's go to the second game. We'll squeeze this one in uh, the Cowboys, seven and a half now seeing seven, right? Uh, yeah, seven point seven. favorites hosting the Green Bay Packers down to the seven here.
4: Yeah, I took I took it at the seven and a half um, on the Packers. And it is really wild because, you know, listen, you you, you just have to do some some stuff where you go in. And you know, man, I was really, really wrong about that. And like the beginning of the season, I was just really, really wrong about Jordan Love. I thought that you what we saw from him is no matter how long the dude sat, he didn't absorb anything and wasn't going to be able to make it in the NFL. And then you go, and like we said, the season is kind of broken up into different parts. And so you go in, you start at week 10, which gives you these second half numbers for the season. Jordan Love was Pro Football Focus's third graded passer over the course of the second half of the season. If you go in and look at EPA plus CPOE composite, which is expected points added and completion percentage over expected. If you go in, Jordan Love... Third in the NFL over the second half of the season in that statistic as well. He's literally been one of the top five quarterbacks amazing. in the NFL over it's the second. I, I thought he was toast. Like, seriously, like, I thought he was done. He's been really, really, really good. And then these, like, secondary receivers that have had to step in because Christian Watson has been injured, Bo Milton and Dontavian Wicks and all of that. Like, these dudes are running routes on, like, 70-plus percent of all the dropbacks. They're getting 20-plus target shares, and they're converting and doing very, very well for them, I, I look at a game in which I expect both teams to be able to move the ball and score because as good as that offense has been, the defense has been equally poor, and so it's not like the Cowboys aren't going to be able to score on them in this. But I do I kind of feel like this is one of those last team has the ball type scenarios where we're going to be figuring out who who, who wins this game because the Packers are going to be able to score. You look at the Cowboys defense and it's again it's just an, it's just average. It's not bad, but it's just it's an average defense. It's it's somewhere sitting between 12 and 16 in any of the categories and stuff that you that you look at and so i i i think on the other side of a touchdown is too much and we might see it again because it is the cowboys and you know they could get some money and come come kick off
3: you agree that if the cowboys were to lose outright mccarthy's gone and then oh, yeah. jerry jones is gonna oh. take a shot at belichick oh
4: yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah i think it's done yeah.
0: um
3: boy oh boy with that he might anyway
4: <laughs> even if they win <laughs> even if they win <laughs> that's right still
3: might be in play uh because they could lose next week uh two more games to get to matt's got a side play in both
0: that's next numbers game visa these sports betting network
1: v the
3: Sports Betting Network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game, get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VEGAS. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code VEGAS, the crown is yours. Gil Alexander, we get tweets at beating the book. Johnny Millionaire, uh, Dr. Bob mentioned how good Miami's run defense was during the season, and although he mentioned Chubb Phillips some Van Ginkle's injuries in that spot, wouldn't they impact Miami's rush defense numbers? He quoted, give me spags to game plan to harass Tua into a poor game. Well, Bob is on the uh, over, if anything. Uh, You know, those absences will help the over. Am I misreading Johnny Millionaire's tweet on that? Those absences will help the over. Um, John Baldusi, just a reminder, a friendly reminder, that the fine folks in Buffalo chose not to put a roof on their shiny new stadium. Okay, take that. Uh, Jason H11, come on, Gilly, you know the top five coaches in NFL history are Curly Lambeau, Weeb Eubank, Sid Gilman, George Allen, and Buddy Parker. Uh, This is from... Oh, uh, Summer, Hutchinson. Summer Hutchinson has this to say. He goes, All this love for love, talking about Jordan Love here. He says, Let's dive into what he has played or who he has played in the latter half of the season. Hmm, he says. Hmm, he says. So a little pushback on uh, on all of Jordan Love's great success. I would argue that Jordan Love's success,
4: though, started before the last stretch of the season as well. And the advanced stats, like, take into account opponents and yes. things and whatever. And also, all think, yeah, it's all every, adjusted. Yeah, everything, everything's adjusted.
3: Yeah. So. Uh, let's go to Saturday night. The Rams and the Lions. This is a game that I am not involved in. Uh, and the push and the the resistance here is when it gets to three and a half, everybody grabbing the Rams. It has settled in at three here in favor of the homestanding Lions, the old golf Stafford trade referendum game.
4: Since you get to read some tweets, I get to I get to read one as oh, well. Please. I did yes. I get dig we did get one at, thanks um thanks fading your idiotic takes on V have made me rich. Keep up the great work. We just got the just this one just came through. That was so free that so was so we just, you. just to me. Just we, just to got, you? we just got that one just now. Oh, okay. So right. there we go. So I, I told him to send me a video of him swimming in his vault of gold, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck <laughs> style. You know, like whatever like since he's been he got made rich. Like, Let me see this. Proof. Proof, well, man.
3: Listen. Let's do uh, it. You know, we, you, I always used to say this about touts. I like, go, well, the people who are bragging that they were 8-0, just as valuable are the 0-8s. <laughs> telling you, just right? as hey, valuable. Yeah, if
4: you're making money, well, yeah, good for you. There, we'll there, there the for you. I'm here for the people. That's what That's I'm here right. for. They're, the they're appropriate just...
3: thanking of Matt Brown. Um,
4: Rams and Lions, yeah. So uh, this was this 3 three and a half. I actually think that this one could also get back to three and a half. So if you want a Rams bet, I think that you can just kind of hold out here. There are juice threes that are available industry-wide right now. This is also the last game on a Sunday where we're going to get some very enthusiastic Lions fans come in. I imagine we will see three and a half's pop. Now, you're going to have to get it fairly quick and because it's going to get bought up on the Rams side. But I think if you don't have it and you want the Rams side, I think it will show again. So I'd hold out there. There's one that's juiced all the way to, to, to minus 118 right now. So that one, obviously, on the cusp of, of going as it is. I look at a very, very efficient Rams offense, which I didn't think was going to be the case. And honestly, the weirdest thing about this Rams team, was heading into the season, I had them as the fifth worst defense in the NFL. And then they finished up the season league average. Like, they're about, you know, 15th, 16th overall, which was which was good enough when you add in what they were able to do with Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams and, and – cooper cup has come around over the second half of the season i know it was like weird there for a while where the offense actually got less efficient thank you like whenever cooper cup came in but they See, figured that thought
3: out I was crazy kelly bidlin all
4: all did they figured that out at least a little bit right like there's there's it's it's almost equal distribution now as yeah. opposed to where it seemed like it was oh we got to get cooper back in the fold you know and uh, and so I that bel- i believe the term i used was go feed your bo- your boyfriend <laughs> the ball more so yeah. there's there's that or that yeah. you know or, yeah. or, the, or, the, or that for sure um it, it, on, the, on the Rams side of things this is not a discount of of what the rams have done i mean about the, what the lines have done over the course of the season at all it's just on the other side of a field goal with two teams that i believe are whenever you look at my power ratings are are fairly equal i mean we're only talking like separation of, of a couple of spots here and, and on the other side of a field i understand there will be some home field advantage i know this is going to be a very crazy crowd and the lions fans are going to be going nuts but the loss of Laporta, and I understand that there's this. They're saying that there's like outside chance of, of him playing. Yeah, that, that let's, crept up late let's, in the week. Let's yeah. be for like it was a it was a bad knee injury. If he yeah. plays, it's gonna do the. It's it'll be the whole like come in. Remember when Gronk was hurt that one postseason? He only came in when they were inside the ten yard line. And so like, it, it'll yeah. be something like that. Like it's not going to be him playing and moving the chains and all the stuff which he was so important for for this team over the course of the season. He did practice yesterday, though. Right? No, it was DMP. It was oh, he okay. did work on the side. So work on the side, and it was the he felt comf- He 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 felt better about the work on the side that he that he than he thought he would or whatever okay. it might be. Um, so the Lions offensive line absolutely phenomenal um, over the course of the year. Frank Ragnow, highest graded center in the entire league. Panay Sewell, best run blocking tackle in the pro football focus era over the last five years. That's how good he was, and that's how you can see the. The rushing offense here for the Lions was actually really efficient as well over the course of the year. But you look what Laporta brought, and it was the chain moving. It was the touchdown making. It was the stuff over the middle of the field in which you don't really have that consistent performer. Although Amon Ross St. Brown can get it done in that role, he's he's way better with him just moving him all over the field, keeping defenses guessing, getting mismatches, and that's what has really fed him so, so well this year. This line, and, and, and on the Rams side of things, if you look at Matthew Stafford, I thought he was going to maybe hang it up in the year. I thought it was going to be one of those deals where this is like, ah, OK, I'll play out the side season. no, he's been one of the top seven quarterbacks in the NFL all season long. Again, you go season long stats, you break it down to half season, you break it down to last five weeks. All of those every single time is consistently up there with what he's been able to do. And from an efficiency standpoint in all of this, the Rams defense does just enough to keep this thing inside the field goal. And I don't think it's crazy. At all, in order for us to to give a pretty better than average chance of, a, of an outright upset here. I mean, Dan Campbell's a great story and all that, but like, let's be for real. He's done some things over the course oh, of this yeah. season yeah. where you just sit and you go, like, I get it. You're rah rah guy. Like, it's all. But. And if that's, that's Bra- and if that's Brandon Staley, you murdered him yes, for it. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's but yeah. we like Dan Campbell, right. right? And like, but he has done some very, very, very questionable things over the course of the season. And you can't even say, again. Let's just go no further than last week. Deciding to play starters all game long, and now he might have lost his star tight end for this week, right? I mean, like these are all things that you know over the course of a season end up catching up with you. I think the coaching advantage certainly on the Rams side of things as well. I will say this: it's not always a person X is out and that means Y gets gets more stuff, but. I do find it very, very hard to believe that Amon Ross St. Brown doesn't get just... I mean, seriously, like maybe 14, 15 targets in this game. So, like, if you're playing some sort of props, if you're playing some sort of same game, probably if you're playing anything like that, he was already getting a 30% target share over the last month as it is anyway. i I think that there is a... Goff just locking in on his dude now i don't know if that equals how much how efficient that will be but i, I think that there will be some i think there will be some extra targets heading in ross st browns well.
3: all right last game is mm-hmm. monday night remember it's two tomorrow three on sunday one on monday night it's the bucks and the eagles the eagles are a are up to a three-point favorite i this is the one that you and i are the same on here we're mm-hmm. simpatico on this one Matt. uh my handicap is admittedly flimsy my entire handicap is Okay, I get it. The Eagles stink. They have to be able to win this game, though, right? Yeah. What is your handicap? So,
4: yeah, I I tucked the two into the account when this first came out on the thought that, listen, if this injury report goes the Eagles way, this is easily going to get to three and maybe the other side of three. It got to three before the injury report went their way. So who knows where this is going to go when, you know, Hertz is like, okay, officially in A.J. Brown is officially in all of that. I mean, I think we're going to be on the real good side of this one. What I can't shake, you want to talk about flimsy handy, like what I can't shake, and I'm not a talent evaluator or anything, but that game last week, Baker Mayfield was not hurt. Baker Mayfield was injured. And he was and, and he was wildly inaccurate. Baker Mayfield, for the vast majority of the season, had a pretty good year. If yep. you can go in and you can look, and like his... He, he his had a perfect passer rating in yeah, one game. His yeah. accuracy was really good. He was certainly on the... One of the things he was very, very good at this year was if you go in and you look at like when throwing to open target, and like he missed so many oh, open throws last week and, all, and like terrible, and, yeah. it was, and it was and i imagine you're playing quarterback with a bad rib injury right like it's hard to like make that work every and time, then he leaves
3: with an ankle injury every time he got off the field it was like yeah. a painful to watch
4: and then he leaves with an ankle so he adds another injury on top of that one and i just i cannot shake that like i i get it the eagles defense has been flint, it has yeah. over the last little bit i can't shake the fact that it might not matter because they might only have to score 17 points in this game to get it done, you know, because Baker, I I think is not playing hurt. I think he's playing injured and that's a completely different scenario. And Jalen hurts. uh, If you're to believe him, seems like he's doing much better. It's all the beat writers say that him Brown, Slay's back at practice. Devon Smith's back at practice. Like, all of that. Like, it's they're going to be as 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 healthy as they can be. We're anyway. not asking the Eagles to win the yes. Super Bowl yes. here. We're
3: no. asking them to beat the Bucks. Yeah. By,
4: by two points. Yeah. 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 Two and yeah. a half in yeah. my case. Yes. But, yeah.
3: All right. So, so, for Matt, Browns, given the point in the half, he took the over in the Browns-Texans game. Uh, he got 43 and a half. He's got the Packers with seven in the hook. He's got the Rams with three and a hook. He's got the Eagles minus two. Some of those
4: hooks might come back. So, keep your keep your eye out. Yeah. Might come back. Would
3: you take them at plus seven and and, uh, plus three in the Packers and Rams?
4: I I would still play it if I wanted that side, but I, I think you can hold out and they'll come back. Okay. Matt Brown, everybody. The handle is
3: the show with Mike Somich on the weekends here. All Angles podcast three times a week during football season. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We're coming back with Chris Velika next.